0: Dr. Robin Thompson will be a guest on Gesundheit with Jacob talking to us about sexual health. It will include topics on libido, healthy sexual response as we age, self-esteem issues, herbs, hormones and lifestyle factors. There is a lot of sexual frustration in our society and it's coming out sideways. Dr. Robin Thompson will poke a stick at it. To Gesundheit with Jacobus, Health Talk Radio, integrating allopathic and all natural medicine, one show at a time. Here is your host, Jacobus Hollowine. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. Gesundheit with Jacobus is a program about health, healing, and healthy lifestyles. We talk with experts about different topics that deal with our health, be it the body, the mind, or the spirit. And I just want to let you know that as we talk about topics of health, we are not here to diagnose, treat, or cure. The purpose of the show is always education, information, and a little entertainment to keep it somewhat lighthearted, but we want to hit the topics hard. Um, Don't want to talk too technical, but uh, sometimes it just requires that we uh, attack it a little bit more intense and get into more detail. So always recommend that you either talk to the expert, the doctor, the, the, the therapist after the show, make an appointment with them. Uh, we are giving out numbers, etc., but that you are either go talk to the expert that is on the show or find somebody of your own choice. Just do something that works for you to help you in achieving better health. Uh, my guest today, Dr. Robin Thompson, is in the studio with me. Let me tell you a little bit about her. Dr. Robin Thompson is a naturopathic physician focusing on treating patients with biotoxin and other chronic illness, realizing a missing piece to a patient's treatment of Lyme disease, which she has been on the show several times in the past. I just want to give you a treatment, give you a little bit of a history of Dr. Robin Thompson. And then we go into today's topic. Um, Realizing a missing piece to a patient's treatment of Lyme disease with long-term antibiotics, Dr. Thompson completed the Dr. Richard Shoemaker certification in biotoxin illnesses in 2013. Rarely has she needed to use long-term antibiotics with this protocol, and patients are achieving health more quickly. She graduated from the National College of Naturopathic Medicine in Portland, Oregon, Later, she received a grant from the Turn the Corner Foundation to study Lyme disease and other tick-borne disease treatments with Dr. Bernard Raxlin in New York City. She is a member of ILADS, I-L-A-D-S, the International Lyme and Associated Diseases Society, and the Montana Association of Naturopathic Physicians. She is licensed as a physician by the state of Montana, where she is the owner of Trillium Clinic, and, uh, you can, uh, Trillium Clinic is located behind Perkins Restaurant. And it is, uh, right there, 2415 West Main Street, Suite 1. If you'd like to set up an appointment with Dr. Robin Thompson, do so by dialing 406-219-0049. 219-0049. And if you go to the web, go to Trillium, T-R-I-L-L-I-U-M Clinic. Dot net, and you can find lots of information And Trillium is a beautiful flower that grows in the state of Montana <laughs> Dr. Robin, good morning to you
1: Good morning, thanks for having me You're welcome, welcome back Thank you, it's it been a been, while
0: It has been a while I, I probably should look into my register and find out when it was Maybe it's during the break
1: Yeah, I have no idea mm-hmm. 2015 maybe
0: Is it really, three years only?
1: Maybe 2016 I'll
0: tell you yeah, yeah. I'll, t- I'll let you know well, you sure uh, picked a great topic. Yeah. This is uh uh I, I several people who I mentioned that you're gonna be on and what you're gonna talk about, uh they they you get a little chuckle. Yeah. And obviously, that is of obviously I should say obviously, because uh when this when any joke goes a little sexual, most people just laugh and think it's really hilarious. And you look at TV and most sitcoms today are have to do with uh, sex, or have to do with relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh Many of the talk radio, of the 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 TV shows, the the Oprah Winfrey, the Maury Povich, the you know shows usually have something to do with relationship and sex and mm-hmm. and all the stuff. So it uh, and sex sells.
1: Sex sells.
0: It is a big industry. Yeah. So you and I are going to talk today about. How important it is Mm -hmm. for our health, uh, the frustrations that are going on, uh, maybe also in society, and just really good, solid information for people that they can use practically in their life.
1: Mm -hmm. Because sex is really important.
0: It is. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yes, we all know it, but it's not easy (laughs) always to talk about it in a serious manner. Right. 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 Okay, cool.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, we're going to talk more about this, but I think a lot of the issues with sexual health, you know, if if you're not comfortable with the subject, it's hard to get past issues with the subject.
0: That's good thinking. Good point. Yeah, thank you. So, um, you sent me an amazing agenda of points. I just want to let our listeners know that I have a feeling we're not going to get done. It's mm. it's a lot, and uh, but very, uh, very precise, very good, very broad spectrum, and I really appreciate the tremendous amount of work that you put into this program to make it what it's going to be. Great. Yeah, awesome. You want to start at the very beginning, very (laughs) good place to start. (laughs)
1: Well, we could start by talking about why sex is important for your health. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I think pretty much everybody knows that um, sex can be exercise. So obviously, um, in terms of preventing cardiovascular risk in the future, um, having an exercise program is important and sex can be a part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, there is also a lot of research in sex lowering blood pressure, which would also contribute to cardiovascular health. Um, ton of studies on that. And the other thing that maybe your listeners don't know is that if you participate in regular sex, it keeps your hormones healthy. Mm. So not only do you need hormones for good sexual health, sex promotes those hormones yeah. in a feed-forward kind of fashion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and hormones are important for a lot of things, yes. even bone health. Brain health, prevention of Alzheimer's. Yes. Um, you know, many many issues are um, can be related to falling levels of hormones as we age. Yes. And so, if you can keep those levels healthy, um, you prevent a lot of um, disease in the future. Yeah. And sex is one way that you can do that, mm-hmm. or it's a contributing factor. <laughs>
0: It is definitely a contributing factor, and I, uh, I, I realize what you're saying also with the exercising. Uh, mm-hmm. You're burning calories. You're burning calories. Yes.
1: It's, it can be aerobic, depending on mm-hmm. what you're doing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, all around uh, a, a good aerobic and anaerobic yeah, activity. Yeah,
0: some people look at it and say, God, I'm so tired. It's work Right. For me. Yeah, and, and uh, we're going to talk about that. <laughs> that could be an issue. And, yeah. and and um, I, I think sex, even though it is a physical act, it an emotional. It's a very emotional thing for many people. Absolutely. And that is why some people don't think about it, either because they're tired or because uh, they have a self-esteem issue or they ate late and they just feel bloated and they don't feel mm-hmm. sexy, so to say.
2: Mm-hmm. But
0: uh, your points today... About making time and 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 being, you know, there are things that you need to do for yourself mm-hmm. in order to uh, participate in a in, in a sexual act mm-hmm. are all very important. And indeed, heart health uh, to get the blood pumping is uh, mm-hmm. is so important. Mm-hmm. And and indeed, when you when you lose it when when you don't use it, you lose it, right? So Correct. if you use your hormones, you're gonna win hormones, like you say, you right. are gonna raise. Your your uh, your testosterone, which is one of them, the estrogens, progesterone, mm-hmm. um, very important part yeah. of this.
1: And yeah. if if fatigue is an issue, I mean, I certainly see a ton of patients um, whose main complaint is fatigue. Mm-hmm. If that's the issue, you know, you need to investigate what's going on. Is it I something see. physiological? Ah. Is it thyroid? Is it you know your adrenally Depleted? Is it you're working too much? Yeah. You know, really simple things. And one of the things that I think is great about naturopathic medicine is that we can take the time to really look at all that stuff. You know, we spend at least an hour, hour and a half with um, most new patients. So we can really get into those issues. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of what I do is lifestyle counseling. Mm -hmm. It's not just biochemistry, it's not just nutraceuticals and medicines and whatnot. Um, because all those things really play into your overall health. So the fatigue issue is a common one that I hear where people are saying, I just don't have the energy for sex. Yes. Um, and I think, you know, like I said, investigating why that is and fixing it. Mm-hmm. Are you eating crappy food? Are you not getting enough fresh air and exercise? Yeah. Um, do you need to just get more sleep? And we'll talk about, um, sex actually does improve your sleep quality. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Again, it's a feed-forward system, right? Um, But fixing some of those things um, can help make sex more appealing. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, To
0: understand the importance of sex for other things in your life. Correct. um, uh, There has to be a balance, right? if people only have sex and they don't work on relationship or they don't work on themselves otherwise mm-hmm. then that's out of balance right if you if you work on uh, if you always work you have to wonder is work a distraction from being intimate with your partner are you trying to hide something is this right. is this an escape
2: mm-hmm. right
0: in order to not be intimate with your partner so you work a lot and mm-hmm. so you say I'm just tired,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, but could you still, if somebody, if the house was on fire, could you still get out of bed and <laughs> run out of the house? Right, right. Can you grab all the stuff you need in in your adrenaline? Mm-hmm. And sometimes, for if you're tired and you you feel it's the right thing to to be sexually active, to be intimate, sometimes you just have to you get your adrenaline going a little bit and uh, mm-hmm. and find the excitement instead of just saying take the easy way out and say. I'm just going to go to sleep, mm-hmm. you know, right,
1: or you know, allow for sleepy sex,
0: sleepy sex, sleepy sex. Oh, mm-hmm. what is that?
1: Well, you have sex even though you're tired. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I get it. You don't have to. Hey, well, it doesn't sex. have to be an aerobic activity. Yeah. <laughs> at okay, that point.
0: that's yeah, that's true. yeah. Mm.
1: So, I mean, there's lots of different ways to look at it, mm-hmm. and I think that people sometimes are very limited in how they approach sex especially if they've been in a relationship for a long period Um, and that's one of the things that does play into uh, waning libido not it's not only about hormones you know Mm -hmm. it's about the quality of your relationship and making sure that you have um, some some new thing you know doing new things together making time to spend together to connect Um, and and sex can be a connecting activity too But you need to make space in your life for excitement because there's nothing worse for, um, desire than familiarity. Mm -hmm. So just making space for whatever that is. Is it a new activity? Is it going on vacation? Is it, you know, doing something you've never done before? Um, can be something Taking that care of
0: your physical body. I mean, just make sure that body. you do something that makes it special, or that you buy uh, certain sexy lingerie. Or sure, something. You know, that can you that do, can It could work. be very playful. Or mm-hmm. uh, some people even like to use toys. Mm-hmm. Uh, that,
2: Absolutely, that, that may
0: sometimes be something that starts in excitement again, or a mm-hmm. uh, libido enhancing, or uh, you know, just take the take the how you call it, the boring mm-hmm. out of a sexual activity.
1: Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's crucial for maintaining um, desire in a long-term relationship. And I think
0: that if you, you have sex with two people, it's about both people. It should be a 50-50 thing. It shouldn't just be, mm-hmm. you know, for the guy, it's usually very easy to reach an orgasm. For a woman, it takes a little bit more work. Is the guy willing mm-hmm. to put the time in to satisfy...
3: Mm-hmm. the partner
0: or or not right so sometimes it will take extra work and uh um you know you have the four plates, not just the act it, it is, it's it's mm-hmm. a whole thing that goes with it
1: mm-hmm. you know? and that's part of you know why it becomes a connecting activity too totally mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you have to the especially the male partner has to really listen to the female partner if we're talking about that kind of relationship absolutely um, one partner has to listen to the other partner mm-hmm. um, in order to make their satisfaction happen
0: yes. yes and there are times when maybe you don't have the time and it doesn't matter and one will be satisfied the other one will not and you both mm-hmm. are fine it was a good time and mm-hmm. but sometimes you really have to put the time in mm-hmm. in order to make sure it is a great experience for both of you right yeah correct mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Dr. Robin Thompson from Trillium Clinic in Bozeman is my guest, and we are talking about sexual health and different issues that deal with that. Uh, currently, we are discussing the importance and of sex and the health benefits of sexual activities, and so what that means, and we talked about uh, good for the heart, it lowers blood pressure, and uh, so anybody with high blood pressure...
4: <laughs>
0: the, what does be, it tell it us it should
1: be part of their protocol <laughs> should be part
0: of the protocol there you go <laughs> yeah, but I can't <laughs> you know so uh, you know what's really interesting one of the points that you mentioned is pain relief mm-hmm. I think that is so interesting it makes so yeah. much sense
1: yeah and it's probably because there's a lot of release of different um, neurotransmitters endorphins mm-hmm. whatnot um, with sexual activity with orgasm But it's even true from research that looking at your partner lessens pain. Even looking at a photo of your partner Mm. lessens pain. Wow. Which is really interesting. Um, And one of the things that um, I've looked at too is it helps women with their menstrual cramp pain. Really? Um, Now, not everybody wants to have sex when they're menstruating, but if it's not an issue for either partner, um, yeah, it's. You know, that's probably a a proximity issue with sex, you know, literally causing contraction in that area of the body. Mm-hmm. Um, not just the endorphin piece. But yeah. Yeah, really interesting research.
0: Yeah. Huh. So the endorphins, yeah, looking at your partner partner, yeah, it, it makes sense. You just get distracted from what you're doing, what the, the what is occupying your mind by simply connecting with your partner. Right, yeah.
1: but there is a release, probably of dopamine and some yeah. other things too, um, when you look at somebody that you love and that you're close to, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. Yes, mm-hmm.
0: yes, it is. It is. I, it. it uh, some people say love at first sight, and mm-hmm. if that is something you can keep up doing the relationship,
2: mm-hmm. that will
0: be uh, will be awesome. Right, you know what's true. <laughs> I mean, some people just yeah. have that connection right away with somebody and they, mm-hmm. it's like the whole, fu- the door to the future just opens up to them. Right. <laughs> like, oh my God, this is the one. Right. You know, and for some people that really works and there is an excitement that stays with them throughout the entire relationship and uh, mm-hmm. for many, many decades. Mm-hmm. So that is really uh, good stuff. But a uh, mm-hmm. good point. Yeah. And, and I didn't know that menstrual cramps can be lessened by it. I mean, and mm-hmm. I understand that for some women, it's just not a, um, well, most women don't think about being intimate when they are menstruating. Mm-hmm. But you say you can do it any day, any day of the month. It doesn't matter. You it, can. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Of course. Not all men are okay with it. Not all women are okay with it. Mm-hmm. But um, there's nothing wrong with it. No, there's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course not. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And another thing um, for the male species, Um, Sex can help prevent prostate cancer. Uh, We were talking earlier about um, over breakfast that men who ejaculate at least 21 times a month, this is from a study, um, lower their risk by 20%, which is really amazing. Mm. Now, 21 times a month might sound like a lot, but... That's what the study looked at. <laughs> so,
0: yeah, no, it's really I don't know why they
1: picked twenty one.
0: So if you do it a hundred times a month, <laughs> yeah. you have a hundred percent chance. is of, that true, yeah. yeah that'd would be interesting be, to know. So every time you um, uh you ejaculate, you take one percent of your prostate cancer right. risk. Well, and it's there interesting
1: because they compared it to men who ejaculate only four to seven times per month. So it's not like the other group wasn't ejaculating at all. Yes. It was just more maybe of an average number. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, depending who you are.
0: Yes. But a lot of men have... So it's a really interesting study. I I was an interesting number when I saw that. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And I go like, okay, I'm on my way to prostate cancer. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But at the same time, um, prostate cancer usually comes up when you get older.
1: Yes. Right?
0: So uh, I can understand that a younger person in their 20s or 30s May reach that number without too much of a problem mm-hmm. and but at the same time you have um, there are a lot of people who as they get older they get busy in their careers and they may mm-hmm. or may not have time which is something we need to talk about yeah but um, wh- who at 35 is thinking like uh, I'm gonna have prostate cancer perhaps if I don't ejaculate enough mm-hmm. you know right gotta, it has to do something with age <laughs> all right well folks uh, stay tuned uh, we have a lot of of information coming your way today with Dr. Robin Thompson on Gesundheit with Jacobus van. We're going to be right back. Thanks for listening today. First half hour, we talked about some of the health benefits of sex, having sex with a partner, or, you know, we, 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 we're going to talk about it. You can do yeah. it by yourself. You don't need you a need. partner. Yeah. You don't need a partner anymore. My God, <laughs> toss him out the window. We don't need him. Health benefits, uh, pain relief, uh, heart health, Also, boosting the immune system, which we haven't really talked about yet, but we'll get into it, Uh, relieving of stress. Believe it or not, of course, you need a little stress to have sex, but (laughs) it relieves it at the same time. (laughs) Different forms of stress. Uh, And as Dr. Thompson just mentioned, uh, prevents prostate cancer risk. Uh, Men who ejaculate more than 21 times per month compared with those who do so four to seven times per month were 20% less likely to develop prostate cancer. That was about uh, 20%. That's, uh, that's quite a bit. And we also mentioned that it improves sleep. Uh, we can go into that more as we go. So great benefits, but there's more mm-hmm. benefits to our health. I mentioned immune system. Mm-hmm. Why immune system?
1: Well, it seems to increase antibody levels. Oh. Um, you know, that's a complicated process, but it, it increases antibody levels so that you can fight infection more effectively. Wow. um, and there's a, a few studies that show um, people who have regular sex take fewer sick days from work and whatnot and that's how yeah. we're you know they there are studies where they actually test antibody levels in blood and then there are other more functional types of studies where they look at how many sick days people take. so it's interesting that um on both fronts you can see that there's a difference for people who have regular sex versus people who don't
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So healthy that way. It also, you know, helps improve your sleep, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes, you know, we were talking about fatigue can interfere with your desire for sex, but sex actually does help you sleep better, um, probably because it promotes things like oxytocin and prolactin release from the brain. Which are very relaxing, soothing neurotransmitters. Yes, um, and hormones. Uh. So um, interesting too that for women, not for men so much that I've seen, (laughs) but for women, um, having uh, better sleep can therefore, you know, and again in a feed forward fashion, promote um, improved libido. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. getting sleep (laughs) helps you. Have libido. Afterwards. Libido helps don't you get better sleep. Afterwards, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs>
2: um, you know, so- that's
0: mm-hmm. uh, that's interesting, in my opinion, the uh, the sleep and stuff. Um, I see men coming in the store who have erectile dysfunction.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: so they think automatically they don't have enough testosterone. Mm-hmm. And then over the years, which is not always true. Not always. Mm-hmm. Sometimes. Right. And so I have also seen men who, when they had shown me their blood test on testosterone, I found out that they were at about a third of where they should be mm-hmm. at a young age, in the early 40s, very low testosterone, like 290,
2: 330. Mm-hmm.
0: But all they do is think about sex. Mm. So, what is the hormone that makes us excited about sex, even if it's not testosterone? We need testosterone, women also. But what is the hormone then? Is that oxytocin? Is that prolactin? Is it what? What is it?
1: What? So you're talking about two different things, though. You're talking about erectile dysfunction versus desire. Well, correct.
0: I, sure. So men want to have sex. Mm -hmm. but they have erectile dysfunction. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And they think it is because they don't have enough testosterone. Right. So then you say, well, do more testosterone. I'm usually very hesitant. I said, I don't want to do something to boost your testosterone if I don't know where your estrogen levels are Mm -hmm. because you don't want to raise that too much. But at the same time, I have talked to men who have very low testosterone and who have no problem getting an erection and thinking about sex all the time. So I, my question to you is, is mm-hmm. there, if it's not testosterone that gives us the the thinking about sex and the excitement about sex,
2: mm-hmm.
0: what is the other, what are the hormones that make us think about sex?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Is, there an, is it a hormone that makes us think about it, that is released?
1: Um, as, as far as we know, it's a complex interplay with many different neurotransmitters and hormones. Okay. Um, and so I don't think there is one answer, uh, for you on that one. What is the thing that, <laughs> and not only that, but, uh, you know, personal life situation. What is, what is driving you? Um, to have sex in terms of relationship, you know, relationship issues, um, novelty. There's a. I think it's a pretty complex process. Yeah, Ucopas.
0: Well, I know that there are men, uh, and I talk more to men than, mm-hmm. um, who who literally feel because they think about sex, they have good testosterone, and I. Uh, some of the research that I've seen ah, from see Life Extension Foundation, they say, well, uh, testosterone is not just all about sex. Testosterone right. is very important for heart health and it to is. avoid prostate cancer. Mm-hmm. And it's all about relation interplay between different hormones mm-hmm. anyway. Um, but I, I, that men think because they think about sex, they must have a lot of testosterone. Ah. and I said no. Testosterone is not what gets you thinking about sex. You need testosterone, but testosterone is not only necessary for erection and sex, etc. It's very important for many aspects of our life. Mm-hmm. Good cholesterol,
1: bone uh, health, bone health. That's mood. right. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, and there, yeah, I see a lot of men with low testosterone who are just depressed. You know, that's their main issue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, no, it's it's much more complicated than just testosterone for mm-hmm.
0: sure. For women, so is there a hormone? So you say it's a it's a, it's a complex interplay of different neurotransmitters in our body, and, in our brain, yeah, and, ho- and hormones, going, right? and, Yeah. So mm-hmm. how can you help somebody who comes to you as a doctor and say, "I realize the benefits of sex, I just." I'm not thinking about it. It doesn't, I, I I would like to, but there is nothing in me that gets me going. I just don't, I don't have that, you talk about mm-hmm. libido. What mm-hmm. are some of the things, for example, that people could do?
1: Well, first of all, there could be an issue with a medical condition. So, okay. of course, you know, as a physician, I have to rule those things out. You bet. Is there a thyroid condition, adrenal issue? Cardiovascular issues for men really play into both erectile issues and um, libido. Mm-hmm. Um, there can be hormone problems. Um, but, you know, you also have to look at what medications people are taking. Totally. Mm-hmm. So allergy medicine oh, wow. can interfere with libido. Mm-hmm. Um, any antihistamine. Blood pressure medicines can interfere with libido. Um, antidepressants, Absolutely. um, are a big one for libido wow. dampening. And, um, you know, right now, the only one we have that the only antidepressant pharmaceutical that exists that doesn't seem to interfere with libido is Welbutrin. Um, and interesting that Welbutrin doesn't affect serotonin, but affects dopamine and okay. dopamine's kind of our, you know, our more instant gratification. Um, that's right hormone
0: yeah 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 yeah.
1: neurotransmitter
0: so well butrin would does not affect the libido you said or it does
1: that it does not it's the only one that Mm -hmm. i I believe they're even marketing it that way now
2: okay Mm
1: -hmm. but a lot of the serotonin reuptake inhibitors Lexapro, lexa those kinds of things yeah. Um, are notorious for dampening libido.
0: How about um, cholesterol-lowering medication? Because cholesterol is so important for hormone production.
1: Sure. So, yeah, I mean, I think that would be more of an indirect cause. But people who take statins, if especially if their cholesterol is getting really low, yeah. aren't going to be making hormones the way they should. Correct. Because cholesterol is mm-hmm. the backbone of all the sex hormones. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: and that is often... Uh, Forgotten, you know, we'll, we're looking for a larger picture. Uh, uh, many physicians say that cholesterol is the culprit behind heart disease, and there is actually mm, other things that are really a, causing heart disease.
1: Yeah, again, it's a multifactorial cholesterol. issue.
0: Cholesterol doesn't really have anything to do with it. It's right. Actually, very. Why would the liver make something that's mm-hmm. bad for us? Right.
1: right. You need a food. couple other ingredients yeah. to the to the cookie dough.
0: <laughs> that's right. Okay. All right yeah um the energy that people would get from being intimate and having sex um either with each other or like we say if you if you don't have a partner, you could do it yourself mm-hmm. um it will it will help a lot of things in my opinion uh the way you look at life mm-hmm. could really be better. Mm -hmm. more excitement. There are certain excitotoxins, not excitotoxins, (laughs) hormones. Yeah, no, no, no. No, no, that uh, can do that. But there is so much going on in my mind right now because number one, I think the topic is very interesting, very necessary. At the same time, I'm looking at society and I look at how it is over marketed almost Mm. with so many things, video games, uh sitcom tv um the the shows the interview shows that you see it all about relationship uh mm-hmm. dating games um uh spring break you got to go to cancun and get drunk and have sex mm-hmm. um younger and younger children teenagers are getting sexually involved with each other mm. um that to me there is a problem in society.
1: Mm-hmm. There
0: is a prudeness in society. Absolutely. I think there is a there is this I feel it is like this volcano that is ready to burst.
2: Mm. And
0: there is all these little little plumes that come out in society and you feel there is this underlying stress. People wish they were more free, mm-hmm. but there is all this stuff that y- you you cannot do Because your religion, for example, may tell you that you would be a sinner if you do certain things and Mm -hmm. we're guilty of using the flesh and we got to be more spiritual and more religious and we have to pray harder. And uh, I mean, Mm -hmm. my my mom and dad uh, coming out of the war for them, it was if you, they were raised Catholic, I was raised Catholic, Uh but it was if the weak, the the flesh was weak, Mm -hmm. you know, my Mm -hmm. mom would pray. You know, mm-hmm. to protect herself, to make sure that she wouldn't give in, and it, mm. that was in the in the fifties, right? And so I know mm-hmm. there are still people who feel that sex is evil, sex is bad, and so there is this frustration mm-hmm. that comes, in my opinion, as I mentioned in the promo, it comes out sideways, it comes out through jokes, it comes mm-hmm. out guys talk sex about women, you know, mm-hmm. uh, women say more. What what is it? Uh, guys. Uh, use love to get sex, mm-hmm. and women use sex to get love. Mm-hmm. They they say, "Well, if I give my partner sex, then hopefully he'll pay more attention to me." You right. know, it's kind of reverse psychology. Mm-hmm. It may be a pretty bland statement here, but um, mm-hmm. uh, there is, to me, there is something that is with this topic that I wish could be out and in the open and just talk about mm-hmm. it and 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 let it happen. And I wonder, even with listeners, if there is anything that you that you as listeners feel why it is often such a taboo topic. Mm. You cannot say anything. You you even asked me before the show, can we talk about? <laughs> can we get pretty? Personal? Can we talk
1: about sex toys? Can we talk about sex? Yes, absolutely.
0: <laughs> you know, I think so. And I yeah. told you, I said the FCC will say. You cannot cuss and swear. You know, I do mm-hmm. have a twenty second delay button. <laughs> so what you hear happened twenty seconds ago, folks. Uh, <laughs> um,
1: yeah. But there is a strange tension that still exists. Now I think it's it's somewhat misleading to think that this is a new thing that we're finally getting more comfortable. I mean, there was a sexual revolution in the late sixties, early seventies. Sure. The book Lolita was written in the fifties, which is um, about an underage person being sexually active with an adult um famous book it's called know? libido it's called lolita which is lolita, her name which okay. is her name mm-hmm. um but you know i think that there's a lot of evidence that the reason we have such issue with sex is not really you know the reason religion got involved maybe is because um a long time ago men And women needed to know where their offspring was coming from.
2: Hmm.
1: And it was all about property, (laughs) right? Property. So once we became an agrarian type society in, in most of the world that happened, it's, it's not worldwide, but, um, it was important to make sure that you knew whose was whose. And so making those, um, rules around sex helped to preserve Knowledge about whose offspring was whose, so that property could be passed down. Huh. That's one theory.
0: I mean, is that the idea of marriage? Then that you that and the you, idea you, you of belong. Marriage. You mm-hmm. belong to somebody, okay. exactly. Yeah. I mean, if you can say belong, yeah, you know, you are not owned, but you. you well, are that's how together. it started, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm.
1: So and then you know perhaps religion stepped in to reinforce some of those things. Um. So, it's been a long history of that type of thinking. Um, now, you know, once we had birth control, um, you know, starting in the 50s, 60s, mm-hmm. or let's say more reliable birth control, um, you know, it opened up sex for, some pe- for a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, um, but, hey. you know, I think... There's still a lot of, you know, as you said, a lot of people who have religious beliefs that prevent them from enjoying sex, um, a lot of fear of pregnancy, um, a lot of that tension of, is this dirty? Is this okay? Um, that plays into how open people are and how comfortable people are to having a healthy sex life. Um, yes. And I always strive, you know, just to, to talk really matter-of-factly with my patients because I do think it's an important part of health, you know, just like clean water and clean air and clean food is important, you know, as a naturopathic physician in particular. Um, sex is a part of that healthy lifestyle. And you can see there, there's a ton of research in happiness. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the happiest societies in the world from research are societies where people have regular sex. Yeah. So what does that say?
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, we have a caller on hold. Good morning, caller. Thanks for joining the program today. What's your name, if you like, and what, how can we help you? And this is Sean. Hey, yeah, Sean. I've
5: got a, I've got a question. i never heard this addressed. One of the most powerful drugs in the world, and we take it on a repeated basis daily, how do we deal with the addiction factor? And I'll listen off.
0: No, hold on Sorry, a second. I, I don't know if I understand. I is didn't it a, understand is it? A que- do you understand that? I do not understand. Sean, is it a okay. question or is it a comment? Oh,
5: no, it's a question. Yeah,
0: you know, what is it? It's a
5: question I never hear addressed or answered. Yeah. The addiction of infusing your system with the most powerful drug in the world, which is sex. Right. It, everybody does it. Yes. You do it on a regular basis and repeat it over and over again it becomes highly addictive you start making bad decisions so that you can get your fix i'm wondering how we deal with that
0: Hmm. yeah i can i can see your point Mm -hmm. Uh, you know that people uh would indeed you're not addicted to
5: sex jacobus
0: what is that are you addicted to sex am i addicted to sex yeah um i i would say on the low end of the poll i would say okay (laughs) No, is, no is pun it, intended. Is good? What's that? Is, it, is
5: addiction good? Should we be addicted to things and make bad decisions?
0: No, it is. Because that, we want
5: to get our dope?
0: You, well, I, I, I see your point. But I, at the same time, uh, I think what Dr. Thompson is also trying to incorporate here is that often we overlook the sex in our life because we many people I get frustrated with the topic. And, and uh, yeah, it, that's a fact. And so, if you if if you get frustrated, but there is this innate uh, need and desire that you feel you need? Then I, I'm I'm actually talking for you. I'm so sorry. Is it okay? <laughs> can I can I finish my sentence? Finish your uh, sentence. And then you want to say <laughs> she starts to roll her eyes. So I gotta <laughs> I gotta be careful what I'm saying. But if it is part of your thinking during the day, do you call that an addiction or do you say it's part of your life? Okay.
5: Well, see, I'm saying that if you repeat a thought over and over again, and especially if it gives you extreme pleasure or pain, that's going to be a part of your life. You're going to be addicted to it, just like heroin or whatever. Yeah. And here we are infusing ourselves. You guys are saying, we don't talk about this stuff. I agree. Yeah. I want to know why we don't talk about it. The answer is because we've been pounded into our heads for as long as I know. Don't talk about it. That's right. Don't talk about it. Your folks, don't talk about it. Sex and school. No, don't talk about it. Yeah. Don't talk about it at the church. Yes. Don't talk about it on the radio station.
0: Yeah, you cannot talk <laughs> about it in the presence of women. It's a guy yeah. thing, right? And, yeah. and
5: really, yeah, uh, Jacoba should probably be the only person in the world that can answer this. Perhaps your uh, Dr. Robin here.
1: It's got to be addictive. That's I, I disagree. Um, you don't the, think sex is addictive? The, I think it can be an addiction, but technically, the definition of an addiction is. You experience withdrawal symptoms when you stop. Oh, um, yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> Not just psychological withdrawal symptoms. Well, it is
5: psychological, but that's my <laughs> question. I understand the benefit of the physical part, but look at those psychological damage going on. All right, caller. Are, are
1: you addicted to water? Are you addicted to clean air?
5: I'm I'm absolutely addicted to water. So
1: just because you're calling it an addiction doesn't mean that it's bad.
5: Well, you know, I didn't say it was bad. (laughs) What I'm saying is, how do we deal with it? Because I know people make bad decisions anticipating the next infusion of their drug. You know, the the tweakers, they go out and rob gas stations. What happens if you... I uh, have a long history of having sex on a regular basis, and then you're cut off.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You go
5: into withdrawals.
1: Yeah. D- not physiological withdrawals,
5: yeah. okay? But how about psychological?
0: It it can definitely have an effect on people, absolutely. Okay. And
5: Doctor Robin, could you? Or is that your field of expertise? Have you studied into that?
1: No, I just have a lot of patients with those issues, and I deal with a lot of hormone and other issues in my clinic. So it comes up a lot, and I help okay. people with it a lot.
5: Okay. Well, I appreciate the show. It's, hey, uh, thanks, Sean. People do not talk about, like you said, and uh, I'm glad
0: to hear you doing it. So, well, man, thank I, you, Sean. I appreciate yeah. it. Have a, thanks for the call, and have a Bye. good day. Bye-bye. Um, all right. Well, good thinking. All right. Let's uh, take a quick break. We'll be right back. Uh, Supporting the immune system, Mm -hmm. good good sex, sexual activity, uh, uh, positive thinking about it. um, Tell us how it can help the immune system.
1: Well, um, having regular sex boosts your antibody levels. So the things that fight infection, fight viruses, bacteria, parasites, um, in your immune system are called antibodies. And specifically, the T regulatory cells mm-hmm. um, in your immune system are upregulated, so your body makes more of them yes. when you have sex. So that means if you run into um, a cold or some other type of infection, you're better able to fight it off. We all know that um, you can be exposed to colds and all sorts of things in the environment, and some people get sick and some people don't. Um, and there are different reasons for that, stress levels, um, you know, how much sleep they're getting, because that affects your immune system as well. But mm-hmm. sex is one of those things that um, you can actually measure antibody levels of people who have <clears throat> regular sex versus those who don't, and there is a difference. Mm. There's a great study on... Um, college students, college students that had two to three times a week sex versus college students who didn't have sex at all, um, had very different antibody levels.
0: Hmm. So, wow, antibodies. Yeah. Wow, interesting. The um, I, I thought when you mentioned that people who have more sex have more productive days at work. They're not mm-hmm. losing that many work days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. that's really powerful stuff. Mm-hmm. Because they have better sleep at night. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, <laughs> partly because they
1: have better sleep at night, but but perhaps because of the antibody levels as well. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Another thing that um, sex does for women is it helps maintain bladder health. So a lot of women eventually develop bladder incontinence where they're losing urine. About 30% of women at some point oh. in their life will have this issue, but having regular sex keeps your tissue really healthy, keeps its elasticity, prevents atrophy. So um, meaning that you maintain locally and in your tissue um, healthy hormone levels yeah. so that your tissue stays nice and Um, elastic and Mm -hmm. pliable, Mm -hmm. and that prevents um, bladder incontinence.
0: Because obviously doing sex, that is muscle working. That is the Kegel exercise, the Kegel muscle, I think is what it's called. Mm -hmm.
1: And, you know, that's another good reason to do Kegels. And both men and women should do that, by the way. That's right. I understand. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, It's helpful for both. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and that's interesting that you mention indeed the uh, urinary incontinence. That, mm-hmm. and, and of course, that can happen from different reasons. It can. Right. But yeah, yeah. still, uh, having a healthy sexual life, sex life, um, can help to strengthen the muscles that deal with uh, urinary, uh, urinary flow.
1: Mm-hmm, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Now, of course, there are also people who get UTIs, urinary tract infections, because of sex. Right. Right. So yeah. how does that What's happening here?
1: So, a lot of women, um, after age 30, most women are losing progesterone in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, estrogen usually comes into play a little bit later. But women who have chronic UTIs with, um, sexual activity, um, c- it can be because they're low in estrogen in that tissue and it becomes less elastic. So, oh, okay. So, the, the thinking that, Oh, I get UTIs when I have sex. That means I should stop having sex is actually not very helpful. No. Um, and I have a lot of patients who deal with this. Um, one thing we do is give them something called D-manos on a preventive basis. Mm-hmm. Um, D-manos is a cranberry extract that helps to prevent bacteria from adhering to the wall of the urinary tract. And so right. they don't get urinary tract infections as often. Mm-hmm. Um, Giving women topical estrogen in the vaginal area can help prevent UTIs as well, because part of the issue is your tissue um, just becomes a lot more vulnerable to bacteria when it's not as elastic and not as plump and healthy as it mm-hmm, should be. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes doing that, if if a woman has evidence of some atrophy in the in the skin, yeah. Um that can be very helpful for preventing UTIs. Mm-hmm. Um, some women actually end up taking a low dose of antibiotic whenever they have sex.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, they do what?
1: They do. Oh. Um, or, you know, antimicrobial herbs specific for the urinary tract. Um, it depends on the situation. Oh, there, nice. there are women who develop a lot of fear around sex because of UTIs, urinary tract infections.
0: Yeah, that, and that affects them.
1: The, and then that affects their right? lipid. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and perpetuate the tissue, pain. you know, yeah. atrophy because they're not having sex. They so know the pain that they have. They know the know. pain and it is yeah. very painful. Oh. And, um, and so in some cases, that's what we do. You know, I think you, the benefit has to outweigh the risks, obviously. But mm-hmm. of course, my patients who take low dose antibiotics with sex also take their probiotics and do other things and take yes. their D-manos and, yes. you know, it's not, you know, integrative medicine is integrative for a reason.
0: When you talk about estrogens applied topically mm-hmm. or vaginally in this case, would it be vaginally? Vaginally, or, yeah. yeah, yeah. Are you talking about, uh, depending on their age, either like an an estradiol or I when they get older, maybe an estriol? How do you go about that? I
1: almost always do estriol, estriol compa- because it's
0: so safe, right? Right. Yeah.
1: Compounded um, unless uh, if if they don't need something that strong, over the counter phytoestrogen cream works as well. Um, and honestly, it it's not always a matter of hormone. You can also a lot of women do really well with um, topical vitamin E. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, there are women who don't want to use even you know herbal preparations of estrogen extracts, so in that case, we do vitamin E and it actually does help.
0: Vitamin E, because vitamin E is very healthy for the skin, helps exactly, Restore elasticity. Okay? Yeah, mm-hmm. so are those certain applicators? Are those uh. Like a pill suppository? Is it actually? Cream? You can do it
1: anyway. Okay. You know, you can find topical preparations in the form of a suppository, in the form of a cream for vitamin E. I've even had people break open the vitamin E capsules sure. that people take orally. Yeah. Um, Carlson makes a brand of, do you, I don't know if you sell it in your I store. They do. The key E. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's a really popular one too. Yeah. Really helpful mm-hmm. and also works as a great lubricant for sex.
0: So okay. two Which for one. Two for one. <laughs> there you go. But you know, that is really important because uh with with age and when women go through menopause, one of the big battles they're fighting is vaginal dryness. And Correct. so then sex becomes very unpleasant. Yeah. Could become very unpleasant. Yeah. And so either you need more foreplay or you need to have uh, right. to have something like this that will help. The, mm-hmm. the vaginal tissue to be more receptive,
1: right? Yeah, mm. yeah. It it is a big issue, and again, you know, ruling out medical reasons for things first because those are the things that you can fix Good typically. Point. Good point. Yes. You know, and then going from there. You know, is there a relationship issue? Is there an attitude issue? A social mm-hmm. issue? Um, you know, in terms of libido, just having time. Um, making time, making it a priority, I think is something that's often lacking. Mm-hmm. Um, having enough privacy, you know, having time yeah. away from your children. Right, right, right. Having a lock on your door. Right. You know, really important things. Yes. To make everyone comfortable. Yeah.
0: Play nice yeah. music.
1: Play nice music. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, baby.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of things go into, um, the libido piece, yeah, which is the first step, right? So, um, as we talked about before, testosterone deficiency yes. can be an issue, not always an issue, uh, and I don't know that a lot of people realize that for women, testosterone deficiency can be a huge um, player in this as well, and that's especially true if women have had their ovaries removed because that's where. Testosterone is produced in women for the most part. Yes. Um, is from the ovary. So, um, there are ways to augment that, um, in women. You can actually give women topical testosterone as well yes. as men and a much lower dose. And making sure I see this all the time. I just have to mention this, Jacobus. Yes. Jacobus. Uh, I see women in particular, men too, but women in particular given really high doses of hormones without proper blood monitoring. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen some crazy high levels come into my office, um, which is not safe. Of testosterone? So, of testosterone, of estrogen, of progesterone, everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is my personal opinion, an ethical opinion, mm-hmm. that um, these things need to be monitored if you're doing you know, pharmacological doses mm-hmm. especially. Mm-hmm. Because um, that, that can be a risk for certain cancers and certain other um, conditions that, you know, prevention is the best medicine, right? Yes.
0: Yes. I agree. Yeah. Blood work is very important. Yeah. Sometimes we do it once and then we forget. And you should do it right. at least once a year. Once but a year. If you, mm-hmm. if you are working on something specific, you may... Have it tested every three or three to four months. Exactly, just if, especially you if you're changing correct. doses. Yeah, do yeah. you get it directly?
1: Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah.
0: yeah, and 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 I have to say that um, I do know that you mentioned earlier thyroid issues. Mm-hmm. If women or men go to their doctor and they're being told that they are in the normal range, but naturopathic physicians look at it very differently and say. I I know that the naturopathic doctors look at the numbers on a, on on thyroid issues more tightly. The, the, the numbers have to be much more precise before you say it's mm-hmm. in the normal range. Mm-hmm. And so there are people who are going to their physician, their regular medical physician, who simply says everything looks within normal range. So everything is fine. Right. And then they start having the issues that are related to a thyroid disorder, which is very prevalent. Why? I don't know, is another topic. But <laughs> it is no, it is it, it affects is just... every body system. <laughs> sure, but it is it is a more prevalent disorder mm-hmm. these days than it was maybe thirty years ago. Um if that affects libido and if it mm-hmm. affects the way we deal with it, and women and men are being told that the hormones are fine, mm-hmm. they're all within normal range.
1: They're all. They only test thyroid stimulating hormone. That's they right. test one thing, that's and right. that's not a complete picture.
0: So you need to have that tested. Uh, mm-hmm. When you look at uh, the other day, I saw a gentleman, and he showed me a blood test, and uh, he is in his fifties, uh, sixties, early sixties, and it says that the normal testosterone range for a man is ninety-three to nine hundred. I mm-hmm. go <laughs> you know, like, yeah. that is that's quite a range. Yeah.
2: You know, so yeah. it,
0: it's, uh, sadly enough, a lot of people are being told by their medical physician that things are normal. Mm-hmm. And so that the reason why you don't feel good is simply it's all in the mind. Right. And so it is nothing to do with physiologically. And that is why yeah. I get frustrated that, um, if we, and, and I feel that naturopathic physicians are much more precise when it comes to Finding out why something is working or not working mm-hmm. is uh, because the parameters are, in my opinion, more geared towards mm-hmm. decades of age, male, female, uh, other mm-hmm. circumstances that may be contributing. Mm-hmm. And now the blood work is off, and we got to pay attention to that. Right. That may be we fix this out, we balance this, your symptoms may quickly improve.
1: Right, and and the thing is, you have to look at it in a holistic way. Conventional medicine is really good at acute emergency-type things. I would say less good at more chronic conditions because those conditions have multifactorial pieces to them, take time, and insurance companies do not want to pay for doctors to take time in the conventional world. Mm -hmm. Um, So looking at, you know, we can take testosterone as an example, I don't even really care about total testosterone levels. I care about free, free testosterone, testosterone levels. And, you know, as a man, you want to be in the upper third, at least, mm-hmm. of the range. Mm-hmm. And different labs have different ranges that you have to um, fiddle with. But in any case, why would you want to have a normal level of hormone if you're 70, Um and are depressed and have bone loss because you've been on prednisone and, you know, who knows what else, Mm. and you're in the lower third. Well, the lab might say you're normal because a 70-year-old man, you know, has less testosterone than a 20-year-old man. But wouldn't you want to be in the upper third of that hormone because we're trying to also preserve health and be youthful.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, totally true. Good morning, Carla. Your name, if you like. How can we help you? Mm.
6: Good morning, this and you're going to know my voice, so can I be incognito on Yes, this?
0: you can be. Thanks for the okay. call. Okay.
6: I have a few comments. Yes. Um, can I go back to the beginning of the show? You may. Okay. With all of the sex sale business, I just wanted to remind us that um, sex and lovemaking is something that is sacred. Um, my opinion, it was given um, with a purpose for a purpose, and um, that is uh, procreation. Um, secondly, desire and pleasure, and it seems like the second one comes first a lot, so we get off into a lot of different areas that seem to, in our present day, um, pervert sex, and which leads to a lot of different um, problems. The second comment that I wanted to make was, I wanted to disagree with the um, having sex while menstruating. In my opinion, um, that is something that is just completely detrimental to our health, both for females and males. Um, For one thing, um, the female's blood system, bloodstream is open, which exposed her to just a lot of different things. Secondly, it's detrimental to the male because she's given off a lot of impurity at that time, and just to participate in activities like that, in, in my opinion, is just, uh, just a huge detriment. And lastly, uh, referring to, going back to your previous caller, um, the gentleman that yeah. uh, wanted to know if there were any uh, physiological withdrawals.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah.
6: to not having sex. Yeah. And I'm going to say that unless you've experienced that, you probably would not know, but there are a lot of people who live celibate lifestyle, uh-huh. and they do so because they choose to, namely because they're not married. When the physical body is accustomed to having sex on a regular basis, it, it, it becomes like clockwork. The body gets used to it. It can almost... um prepare for um, the next time that the body has sex. So when that stops, the physical body will go through withdrawal. Uh, it, it will go through not experiencing having it on a regular basis. So I'm going to have to agree with the previous caller on that one. Okay. Not necessarily that sex is addictive, but on the other hand, the body can become addictive to anything that is good for it in mm-hmm. as much as it will become addictive to that which is bad.
0: Yeah, all right. Sounds good.
6: Okay, so can, those are my comments. <laughs> can, Dr.,
0: can Dr. Robin answer? Of course. Can, do, do you remember what she was talking about? Do you want to talk, give some comments?
1: I do. Um, you know, I think that we're coming up against some of that, you know, philosophy about sex. That there's some, you know, perhaps some negativity towards it, and, and that's allowed. I do also want to say that um, there are many people in the world who are considered asexual, meaning that they, they don't have any desire for sex. They don't want to have sex. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, it does have health benefits, and that's what we're here to talk about today. But you're absolutely right. There are people who don't desire it, and nobody's going to make them have it. So, okay. to each his own.
6: That is true. But in my case, I was not speaking that uh, I live celibate. It's not because I don't desire it.
2: Because mm-hmm. I
6: desire it just like the next person. But um, I stated that I'm not married. So, for mm-hmm. me, um, it's not my personal philosophy of life. It is what I've learned through the Word of God. Correct. So So, uh, because it teaches... Does, can I ask you
1: a question, ma'am? Yes. Does your religion prevent you from masturbation?
6: Well, I don't uh, participate in religion. Um, For people that have a relationship with God, religion and a relationship with Him is two different things. And what the Word of God teaches is abstinence of sex outside of marriage. So that is anything involving sexual activity Mm -hmm. outside of marriage.
2: Mm-hmm.
6: And and you're right. It is a choice. Mm-hmm. Yep. So um, there are people who choose to follow God and to live that kind of a lifestyle. And there are people who choose not to. So to each his own, as you said. Yeah. But I don't knock other people for their choices. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be knocked by other people for my choices. Good Absolutely point.
0: Absolutely not. Yeah, well, I, I got to go. We have a hard break coming up, so I got to go. But thanks for the okay, call.
2: Thank you. Thank be- you. Okay, bye-bye.
0: Okay. We'll be right back. We have a caller on hold. We'll get to the caller in just a moment. Um, but we had to go short on the answer to the previous caller. And there was something that she mentioned that uh, she says, having sex when you are menstruating is uh, unclean, uh, could cause infections, uh, could be bad for the man, could be bad for the woman. Um, I thought, I do want to ask you if that is, uh, if you know anything about that, Mm -hmm. and um, if you you can tell me anything about that.
1: Yeah, there's absolutely no evidence for um, increased risk of infection, any type of Um, detriment that way physiologically biochemically yeah um this is you know what we're talking about is is science and there are certainly opinions out there um and everyone's entitled to their opinion but this you know asserting that there is an increased risk of spreading disease because of menstruation is absolutely untrue
0: yeah, because I I think the blood is coming out of the uterus, so it is a correct. It's not just a, an open wound. It's right. not a wound.
1: It's not a wound. It is the <laughs> body is
0: right, and I think that yeah. is part of it. So the blood, uh, in my opinion, I mean, if you you feel like well, it's sacrilege that you do this while blood, right. blood is and coming out of the a, that's body. A that's a different issue. Opinion, yeah, right? Yeah, different but, issue. Yeah. Okay. Cool.
1: And and not everybody, you know, whether or not it's religious based or, or because of your relationship with God, there are some people that just think it's yucky, and that's okay too. That's their opinion, yeah. right? You know. Yeah. yeah, so don't do it.
0: Yeah. Um, a question I have, we were talking about uh, libido, and I want to go back into the libido and the sexual frustration, and uh, mm-hmm. I, I think that our society in the United States has a certain prudeness about it Absolutely. that is very different than you will find in other cultures. Mm. Uh, That doesn't make, for example, a Western European culture better. It is just different. Mm -hmm. I do believe that with the social media, with uh, pictures that people are sending to each other, uh, the talk about sex, uh, the pornographic industry, which is huge, Mm -hmm. uh, that means that there is an underlying desire for sex, Not per se intimacy. People Mm -hmm. are maybe afraid of intimacy, Mm. uh, which I think would be awesome if you can have it. But, Mm -hmm. you know, sex and intimacy would be great together, but it doesn't have to be Mm -hmm. together. Uh, But I feel that Hollywood is continuously touching on it. Mm -hmm. They want to, they want to, they want to tickle you with the, idea of sex you know sex in the city for example was a was a show that i always enjoyed watching i was just thought Mm. it was so open and 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 Mm -hmm. clear and how they talked about it etc and it was just funny Mm -hmm. and um but at the same time i feel that we're we're tickling the 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 excitement but we're not showing it and when i when i go to the netherlands you have shows even though they're well, they could be at eight o'clock at night and mm-hmm. there could be nudity on the show. Mm-hmm. There could be, uh, uh, they can talk about it, mm-hmm. but it seems it's not, you get it, you get it out of the front line. You, you talk about it as part of life. Mm-hmm. We don't have to talk about it in every show. Other shows are more about mm-hmm. politics or sports or entertainment. Mm-hmm. But if we talk about sex, no big deal. We talk about it. We show it. Mm-hmm. Done with it.
1: I wonder if there's there are fewer sexual issues in the Netherlands in Europe. What do you do? You know uh, anything uh, about that?
0: There are a lot of nude beaches. There are a lot of topless beaches. Uh-huh. So it seems that there is this. Uh, uh, so men can walk topless. Uh, it, <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, but anyway, the I still think that there's plenty of frustration. I think yeah. sub- because just because you see it. And let's say for a man, a man is more visually, uh, um, how do you call stimulated? it? Stimulated? Stimulated, mm-hmm. visually stimulated. It doesn't mean because a woman is showing her breasts on the beach that she is automatically available for sex. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you do, so you either get numbed by the idea that you all see naked people walking around.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: At the same time, it doesn't mean that the person is automatically saying, I'm available. Mm-hmm. And that is some men misunderstand that. Mm-hmm. They think because a woman is going to a nude beach she must be like a like a rabbit, mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so and that's not the same. Mm-hmm. So there is still a frustration. And then with the integration of different cultures, especially opening the borders to uh, Muslim uh, Muslims and people from African countries, northern Africa and mm-hmm. Asia, uh, they are they have not been used. To the openness that the Europeans have shown right. for decades, and so that causes a frustration, anger, violence. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of rapes, uh, especially mm. by by foreigners, by immigrants. And to me, that is something that uh, that is not cannot be taken for granted. It's unacceptable. Mm.
2: Mm.
1: What do you think about people in Europe, um, like like? People of your in your cohort, do you feel like it's easier to talk about sexual issues and and yes, it is with friends. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah.
0: I I see over here. You have a magazine called Cosmopolitan, uh-huh. which easily talks about sexual topics. Yeah. Um, you have a Playboy magazine, uh, which is not pornographic. It's a lot of nudity, but they mm-hmm. talk about different topics, uh, sexual topics as well. In Holland, you have regular magazines, weekly magazines, at least that used to come out, and they talk about relationship and sex issues, etc. It, it's part of the discussion forum, mm-hmm. so to say. Um, so I do believe that there is a more openness about it, mm-hmm. and people are not like, oh my goodness, you know, you really mm-hmm. scare me. I didn't know that when I opened the pages that I was going to read about sex. Mm-hmm. It seems like people are not so afraid mm-hmm. to use the word And can use it as part of, will use it as part of being part of life. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. That's what I feel. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean, again, that there is no sexual problems. That doesn't mean there is no frustration in in relationships, sexual frustration within the relationships Mm -hmm. uh, that exist. Mm -hmm.
2: Um,
0: It just seems that it is more open. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Over here, it is present. But people don't want to be open about it, right. and so you start having demonstrations and frustrations and anger issues. And uh, uh, but it is all swept under the rug, it seems to me. Mm-hmm. More swept under the rug than it is in Europe, mm-hmm. for example. And I don't know how it is in South America, but uh, maybe also a little bit more open, but also very Catholic. I don't know.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, Does that make sense? And, what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and maybe so sweeping it under the rug. It's not that you're preventing problems by talking about it more openly. If I'm understanding correctly, it's, yeah. it's, um, not as uncomfortable, but sh- there sure as heck can still be issues with relationships. I imagine with having enough time and making, you know, making sure that your relationship is healthy in other ways so that you have good sex,
0: I imagine. Obviously, there are different relationships. There is the the lesbians and the gays and the transgender and all that stuff. But but let's talk about, for example, about a male and a female. Mm -hmm. I do believe that when you talk about it, when you talk about sex, you talk about intimacy, you are addressing addressing both partners.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: I think for the longest time, why these were topics that were not being discussed is because society in general was a male dominated society. Mm-hmm. I think that with the sexual revolution that women have found a voice and are able to talk about it and express themselves. And uh-huh. I think that in TV shows and the magazines, um, because we, it's more talked about more openly, women have been put in a level playing field now. Mm-hmm. and 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 that makes the discussion more fun really
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, and also more open but at the same time men have to realize it's sex is not for them it's for both right it's for both you and your partner and you both should do the best you can help to help each other to find an orgasm or to find pleasure out of the intimacy
2: mm-hmm.
0: does True. that make sense and I think yeah. that that to me seems to have been different 50 60 years ago mm-hmm. that it was as long as the man is happy.
1: Right. Remember? Correct. I I think that's definitely true. Conversely, I think that women having a more equal place, you know, in the workplace etc has yeah. has caused some problems for some yes. some segments of our our culture. Yes. Um, I think that sometimes Men feel like they just don't have the same power that they used to have. And, and that, you know, interferes with sexual relationships and sexual intimacy. Yes. Um, it's something to think about because all those, those different roles and, and changing, um, changing roles can impact how you feel about yourself, which also impacts how you feel about sex with a partner.
0: Hmm. Yeah. I I uh, I agree with you. I would like to talk with you about that specific topic about how it seems like roles have reversed. Mm-hmm. Not reversed, but they the more balanced I they're would more say. Balanced, yeah. But for a man it looks like they've had to give in. Right. And a woman woman says, "Well, I finally have a voice." Mhm. You know, so that is uh, and I like to talk about we have somebody waiting. we sure. would we'll like to talk to you. Good morning, caller. Thanks for your patience. How can we help you? If you like to say your name, that's fine. If not, that's fine too.
3: Yeah, this is Bob. Hey, Bob. Um you guys are leaving out, and, and I was in Germany in the late 50s. Yes. And there were brothels on every corner, yes. you know, <laughs> figure, figuratively speaking. Yes. Uh, but if you touched a woman who was not in a house, then the government regulated them. So, I mean, we're not talking illicit under-the-table type stuff. Yes. Uh But if you touched a female who was not working in one of those houses, you might as well forget it because the penalties were so severe. They protected their women and their children by having the prostitution. In Nevada, there was changed. let's go to today in Nevada. They still have brothels, but only in select counties. Uh, They can't have them in Warsaw or Las Vegas because of the uh, amount of people there. But when I was there in the 70s, a woman could walk down the middle of the street in a bikini at midnight, and not one word would be done. Last time I was in Reno, girls were being, uh, shall we call it, dry, fornicated, as they walk down the uh, walkway in malls. And it is to the point we don't protect our women today because we consider, and I'm going to use a word for you that I'd like you to really look at. It's called hedonism. It's not called sex. It's not called anything but hedonism. He, hedonism. Hedonism.
0: Look
3: hedonism. at, yeah. And what they've done with it is sex is no longer Let's get to the basics. If you want to talk science, the sole purpose of sex is procreation. When you've converted it from procreation to hedonism, you've now got what you call the homosexuals and so forth. And I, and I want to show you one thing that has happened because I'm old, I'm probably older than both of you. What we've done in this country and in all countries, where was AIDS or where is AIDS today probably the most prevalent and killing the most people. Mm-hmm. Africa. Yeah. Look at what happened in our country. Until we started legitimizing perverse sex. Yeah. Non, and talk about science. The, where's one orifice in the body that has no uh, disease protection apparatuses with it? Your mouth, your ears, your throat all have enzymes and white blood cells to do the protection. We don't have it in one orifice. When you start taking hedonism and replacing meaningful sex between meaningful people and simply make it for the pleasure of the individual participating, you now have all the diseases. So it's kind of like having an open disrespect on sex. I I would love to have.
0: Yeah, but there's different things here. Dr. Robin Thompson is talking about the physical body and sex and intimacy as being part of the the body, the mind the emotions, the spirit it's all part of healing that's why she is a doctor and she wants to talk about it because we're not talking about a um, uh, philosopher who will just say well it's either right or wrong, she is literally has done her research on what it actually does to the tissue in the brain and in the body and how it can be very beneficial to us but at the same time how it can be how how there are negative effects, how there are negative issues that are coming up. So she's well, that, looking at it from a medical point of view, and I understand your point of view. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. But as you know, science can be used for good and bad. Uh, you can read articles that uh, will tell everything you think is wrong, and it will tell you in science that it is right, so you're wrong. And you can find scientific reports that show that whatever you said is absolutely right, scientifically proven so we are living in an information age and uh we can find information about all kinds of stuff you're mentioning you're mentioning a very interesting you're mentioning very interesting topics but we're talking more about philosophy with you at this point than that we try no you don't think so
3: no it's purely physiological hedonism is self-enjoyment what do you think masturbation is sure it's self-enjoyment you're talking that that's a form of hedonism so I'm simply taking it, I'm taking your science and extrapolating it to whether it is not a full open discussion of sex. Hmm. Because if you're going to have an open discussion of sex, then you have to have all of the diseases that go with it, and what acts contribute to what diseases. Hmm.
2: Oh, good and point. if
3: you're not willing to do that, then this is a one-sided, you claim it's not, physio- or not psychological, but that's all it is, is a justification for hedonism, and I'll use another term for you. Secular humanism. Hmm. The value of the person is more important than a rule of law or something that has been established by the majority as a norm. All
0: right.
3: So I'm saying those directly relate to science because when you start playing with children's minds in school with bananas and so forth, you've opened up prior to a person probably being psychologically and emotionally and physically Ready for that type of discussion? All right. To where? To what you're doing? And I'll give you one last, and I'll get off because I, I know we're not going to agree on this. But I'm saying if we're going to discuss sex, then let's put all aspects on the, the table. Bill Clinton did more to destroy an open discussion of sex when he said, "What's the definition of is is?" And he transformed oral and anal sex into non-sex acts.
0: Right. That's true. So Good point.
3: That that's my point is that. It, to discuss what you're I am I'm, I'm not in disagreement with what you're saying. I'm simply finding it very limited and narrow in its scope. Okay. And I'm saying you've got kids listening that they have to understand what it means when they say they want to become a homosexual. Right. That requires a non conforming act of nature. Okay. And that's what I'm basing it on. I can care less uh, you know, about marriage or the less because as I explain to people, the minute you take a job, let's say you're working in a clerk's office, you are ministerial of that agency. It has nothing to do with morals. Marriage is not moral. Mm. It is a man-made philosophy to transfer property and control the offspring as to who has what rights under law. Okay. So that's why I'm saying I like your discussion of sex, but it's not our prudent, uh, what I would say, prudent, uh, attitudes in America, what happened is, notice, before Roe versus Wade...
0: Bob, I have to run.
3: Well, go ahead. But I'm go. simply saying, bring that up, though, that if you're discussing it, be open to a full discussion of sex and all the physical ramifications of it.
0: All right. Well, that's all fair points. Thank,
3: thank you, you very much. much. You Thank you, Robin, for what you do.
1: You're welcome.
3: Bye. Okay.
1: So, we're not done talking, Bob. Um. <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: we are going to talk. Um, probably, if we get to it, hopefully, because there is a lot so. to talk about. Yes, but we do. We were going to talk about sexually transmitted infection issues. There is certainly a lot of sexually transmitted infections that have nothing to do with being a homosexual. Um, and and I differ greatly with your caller um, in that I don't think there is anything wrong with homosexuality. I don't think there is anything wrong with people who are transgender who have. Lots of different ways of expressing themselves and their personalities, and the relationships with people they want. Um, and you know, if if Bob can say it, I can say my opinion.
0: Yeah. Oh, are you going to say your opinion? Or that was, that was my opinion. That was it. Okay, good.
1: Yeah. All right.
0: Um, so we're talking about um, libido. We were away. trying. We, we we talked. We we touched on it. Um, <laughs> Relationship issues, lack of emotional satisfaction in your relationship, lack of connection, these are all important things. And 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 mm-hmm. I have talked to men who have come into the store and asked me that they say they have no libido or they have erectile dysfunction, mm-hmm. which are, that could be very much a physical issue. It's it can game. also be an emotional issue. Mm-hmm. And I have... T- I have asked them then because when they come in and say, well, I have erectile dysfunction or I have uh, low libido and they're looking for something that is testosterone. So to me, it shows that a man is not always educated. We're just, we as people are simply not educated about the possibilities and the options that are out there. So when a man says, I have no libido, I must not have testosterone. And mm-hmm. and I tell him I said, there could be different components that are part of why you don't have desire for sex. There could be emotional issues. There could be self-esteem mm-hmm. issues. You may not feel, uh, maybe you have... You have diarrhea and you feel, like, horrible about having sex. You know, could <laughs> right. be, maybe you're constipated, you know. Right, right. There could be issues. There could be physical limitations. Mm-hmm. There could be self-esteem issues. You may have gained weight and not feel good about yourself. Exactly. You, your partner may have gained weight and mm-hmm. you don't, like, you're not attracted to the person anymore.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You have to look at those. It has nothing to do with more testosterone. Right. More testosterone is not always the answer. If it was the answer, it was simple, right? Right. That would, know, be so it would be easy. would be easy, but there is too much going on in that. And and so I I, I feel that uh, what we're trying to talk about is the different physiolo- physiological aspects of intimacy and sex, mm-hmm. as well as um, emotional parts, mm-hmm. and some of the pros and cons that could happen with it. So, yes, there could be problems that literally people have been in accidents. They've been in the war. They've been mm-hmm. shut down. Their legs are gone. Uh, mm-hmm. They've been hit in the... Uh, men have been hit in the testicles. Uh, you know, sure. what do you got? They have no more desires. How do we deal with that? Yeah. But those are maybe more exceptions.
2: Mm-hmm. As
0: society as a whole,
2: mm-hmm.
0: there is philosophy that is confusing to many people. How do I... How do I look at this? How do I deal with this? Mm-hmm. Oh, I had no idea we're this close to the break. <laughs> oh, God. Two hours done. I to can't be believe continued, it. continued, yeah. Oh, boy. Okay, well. It is not always easy when we talk about this, and, and I understand what Bob is saying in the last call. If you talk about sex, talk about all of it. I understand that. But it is very easy to talk about sex To talk about masturbation, ejaculation, sexual dysfunction, uh, libido issues, erectile dysfunction, uh, um, you know, uh, problems of that nature that are part of a physician's practice. You know, when you talk, when you're a general practitioner, Dr. Robin Thompson helps people with general health and some specific issues. This will become part of the topic. This sh- is one thing that should be able to be discussed openly. To bring in that philosophy that may distract us from the topics we're trying to achieve today, listen, I'll have Dr. Robin back and we'll talk more about it because I can tell you right now we're not going to be able to finish all the things that she really prepared for to speak about today And so if you have a philosophical difference about what Dr. Robin is saying, you can have that. But I would love for people to call in who say, and you don't have to mention your name, but if you say, these are some issues that I have been fighting, or yes, I've had surgery and these are some aspects that are affecting me, or since I got older and my hormones changed, I've had more frustration with sexual health then we would love to hear those calls more than saying we are talking about sex and so now we have to throw in philosophy no offense to anybody because you all make sense but as far as the 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 idea of today's show we would like we have a full agenda Mm -hmm. right and so we like to talk about that so Mm -hmm. thanks for being here this morning we do have a few callers let's start with number one Good morning caller, your name please, how can we help you? If you like to say your name or if you just want to talk, that's fine. Good
7: morning, this is Jeff.
0: Hey Jeff, good morning to you.
7: Good morning, so uh, as you get older, as, as mentioned, uh, you, your hormones do change generally and the, they decrease.
0: Yes. So uh,
7: what I think a lot of men have problems with, much like mine, is the inability to ejaculate or or ability to, but is more challenged. And as I've been reading information on it, it isn't strictly testosterone that causes that. Is there another hormone that will impede that? You get to the almost, 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 but can't, kind of like the little train coming coming up the hill and, and you can't get to the top mm-hmm. and over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, help explain that. And what can a person do both You know, uh, nutritional wise, health wise, to Mm -hmm. overcome some of that as you get older.
1: Yeah. Well, sometimes men have issues, um, not so much with testosterone, but with other hormones like DHEA. Um, and so, you know, getting a full workup is important because uh, there are a lot of possibilities. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. and certainly, you know, and some men I've even found if you give them, um, things that help with circulation, whether that's natural products like L-arginine, um, vitamin B3, niacin, or um, even pharmaceutical, Viagra, Cialis, those types of things, that that can actually help. Um, and there's, there are some things that, you know, is it circulation? Is it something else? Um, we don't always get to know the exact answer. Um, But certainly those types of things that help circulation, I have seen help that issue.
2: So
7: items such as, and there's a lot of discussion and advertising and whatnot in regards to uh, nitrates. Uh, And of course, uh, Mm -hmm. that's part of where the Viagras and other pharmaceuticals help with that circulation. Um, Is that part of that component?
1: You're talking about food preservatives?
7: Well, not nitrates in the sense of food preservatives, but say, um, you know, uh, beets, for an example, can help the nit- nitrates in your blood for blood flow.
1: Oh, I see. Because it has B vitamin and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. Absolutely. Okay. So, so eating a healthy diet with lots of different colored fruits and vegetables, getting exercise, not smoking, not drinking a lot of alcohol, all those things can also help just, you know, general health but also sexual health, um, and certainly, you know, indirectly to help an issue with ejaculation.
7: Sure. And maybe answer this too, uh and is you hear a lot about testosterone and, and as we age or men age, uh testosterone levels do decrease naturally. Mm-hmm. Right. And and there's a big push there for a considerable amount of time uh, a few years ago about, oh, you got to you know, in, uh, uh, increasing or applying testosterone, and you want to increase it, and so on. What are some of the positives and negatives, and uh, I believe there's more negatives than positives, for testosterone prescriptions to help with that level?
1: Um, I don't know that I would agree with that statement, um, but some of the positives would be it does help preserve bone health in men. It helps prevent Alzheimer's because it's you need testosterone for brain health as well. Um, it's a huge piece of why some men develop depression as they age because their testosterone levels are, are falling. So certainly making sure that you know, your mood and your attitude are good as um, is a, is a benefit. One of the things that I see sometimes when people are overdosed in testosterone is that their hemoglobin and hematocrit go up. Um, and that, you know, it's a little bit controversial because mm-hmm. some societies, like, for example, men who live at, you know, very high altitudes, like in Nepal and some of those places, typically have hemoglobin and hematocrit levels that are pretty high. Um, and they don't necessarily have uh, issues with stroke and heart attack, which is what we think of here. You know, that's one of the reasons we want to treat men with high hemoglobin and hematocrit because we want to prevent those cardiovascular events. Um, so it's a little bit controversial, but I do, you know, definitely think that because we don't know the full story, I like to to have men, if they're going to do testosterone Let's make sure their hemoglobin, hematocrit aren't high because there could be an issue, or at least you know do some preventive things and monitoring to make sure that that that's not going to cause problems down the line. Okay. Um, you sure. can also have um, men who who take testosterone are you know more at risk for developing adult acne because testosterone is involved mm. in um, yep. in yep. that process, and okay. um, certainly um, irritability. So with, as with anything, if you don't properly dose and monitor and you get overdosed, um, there can be issues. And that's mostly what I see with testosterone is not the testosterone itself, but that it's, it's, um, levels are getting too high and causing some, some aggression, some acne, um, and some potential, um, elevated blood levels that I don't like to see.
7: Perfect. Yeah. That, that, those are the things that are important to know. And then Jacobus, is, is the last thing is, is on the nutrition side. And, you know, what are some of the items that may be uh, available to help out with uh, some of these these health issues on a natural level? And at this point, what I'm going to do is just hang up and listen. But uh, th- these are all points that, that I come up with, you know, as I age. You know, it's like I just need to know and understand. And, there's again, there's so much information out there that is. we can get overwhelmed. So
0: yeah. well, thank I like you.
7: this topic. So I'll hang up and listen.
0: Thank you, Jeff. All the best you to it. you. You bet. Bye bye. Uh, thanks.
7: Bye.
0: All right. Well, one thing that I that I understand from testosterone mm-hmm. that it converts into dihydrotestosterone one way and into estradiol mm-hmm. in the other way, and Correct. what I often see. Is that 99% of men have no idea what their estradiol level is because uh, it's never tested. Right. And so when men, what I have seen several men over the years who come to me who in their fifties have prostate cancer, they have had the surgery, they have the radiation beads put in, they, they have had the prostate removed because of the cancer
2: mm-hmm. and
0: one of the things that i see is that when i ask them what the astrodial level is because in men as elevated astrodial mm-hmm. levels can be a trigger to prostate cancer
1: absolutely and
0: so when uh, the 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 organization life extension foundation did this research in 2011 which was published in 2012 on 2400 plus men who mm-hmm. for 5 years and all these men were between 69 and 81 years old. And they simply said, why is it that as men get older, they start having symptoms such as Alzheimer's, obesity, diabetes, mm-hmm. low libido, uh, arthritis, um, cancer, prostate cancer. Mm-hmm. And they said the big difference is simply the, um, drop in testosterone mm-hmm. and at the same time, then, uh, issues with DHEA, mm-hmm. is- issues with uh, the, the free testosterone, the estradiol. Mm-hmm. And so they started r- looking at the estradiol levels and testosterone levels in men in the, who were 25, 30 years old who were brimming with energy and life and, and excitability. Mm-hmm. And so they said, let's turn the hormones of these men between 69 and 81. Let's bring them more to a youthful level. Let's bring the ratios back because... What they saw is as men get older, testosterone drops. Mm-hmm. But because of so many environmental estrogens that mm-hmm. we're exposed to, it's simply the estradiol has gone up. Right. And so when the testosterone comes down, the estradiol goes up. Where they meet, where they come closer together, prostate cancer is higher. And, right. and heart disease is, is up. So- I talked to these men and I said, so have you been on testosterone replacement therapy? And he said, yes. I said, let me guess five years ago. And they, yes, they started five years earlier. And so over time, they, they, they blow up the testosterone to about 900 or a thousand, mm-hmm. but the testosterone starts to convert into the estradiol, which is already elevated. So now it really elevates, and the next result is prostate cancer.
1: And I didn't mention that, but it's very important to monitor estradiol levels in men, especially if you're supplementing testosterone. Absolutely. Even just chronic inflammation without taking testosterone, chronic inflammation itself can promote the conversion of testosterone into estradiol in men. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you have to be super careful if you're going to supplement those types of men that already have an inflammatory condition. Yes. Which is, you know, almost everybody has some sort of inflammation. Yeah, yeah. excellent point.
0: Mm-hmm. We have another call off, morning caller. Your name, if you like, and uh, how can we help you? And Dr. Robin Thompson's in the studio with me. How can we help you?
4: Yeah, uh, this is Ed. Hey, Ed. And, uh, yeah, hi. Hey, uh, I haven't been able to listen to most of this. I know, so, you're so funny. Are you getting. Are you getting um, Getting going to be? Are you still getting your shows up on the web, or did that get uh, interrupted?
0: No, we I mean, are. I'm still. Page. I have been very busy with uh, the wedding of my uh, my daughter and uh, yeah, family well, coming to first. town. Yeah, but it we are first, start. Up, yeah. yeah, thank you, Ed. But we're starting to put the shows as soon as I'm editing them. We're starting to put them also on podcasts, so people uh-huh. can actually get it on a podcast and uh, uh-huh. go that route. Now, uh, this is a great show. And I would like to find some time. Uh, hopefully, this next week. Well, beginning of next week, I'm going to be out of town for a few days with my family. Well, no, I'm
4: not. I'm not trying to lean on you. I was just wondering, you know, if, if that's part of your your your
0: uh, team. Yeah. So well, there's there show more shows. Up. There are already more shows on the web. If you go to Gesundheit Nutrition. Oh,
4: I know that. Yeah, I are not more shows interested in this topic and what you're able to, to listen to the show. Absolutely. So a couple of quick questions. Uh, how much? Are, are these hormone tests typically covered by insurance or do we have to pay for them straight up?
1: Um, if you do blood levels, um, oftentimes your insurance will cover them. It depends on your particular plan. It
2: depends on the insurance. Okay, yeah.
1: Yeah, sometimes if, 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 if you insurance test... doesn't
4: cover it, uh-huh. how much does it typically cost for, you know, estradiol and, and testosterone and et cetera, et cetera?
1: mm I was not prepared for that question. Well, uh, if, you oh, Tri-
0: if you go to TriMet services, yeah, which is close know? to yes, yeah. and TriMet uh, has these uh, specials every Tuesday morning, Wednesday morning, Thursday morning. They do uh-huh. about a, uh, they do about a 50% discount, 40, 50% discount. So if you go over there and you want to know your total testosterone and free testosterone, that will yeah. cost you about $120 together. So, uh-huh, th- that t- about, and F- if F- you do estradiol is about 65. 60 uh-huh. to 65. Progesterone is about the same number. Uh, DHEA is about 60, 55 to 60. Uh, so uh-huh. th- those are hovering about in the same number, Ed. Uh, uh, when you get them yeah. on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday mornings.
1: Mm. I think yeah, okay. in my office, I think free and total testosterone is more like 80. Okay. Yeah. Um, That's cheaper. Progesterone yeah. isn't, I think, is less than 65. But okay. I don't, I don't know off the top of my head because. Yeah. There are a long list well, of tests you know, that we I do. <laughs> don't, I
4: don't have any particular complaints other than getting old. Yeah. And so <laughs> I'm wondering which of these tests would be best for me just as a as a precaution, you know, to know what's up.
1: Uh, I think all men should have test total testosterone, free testosterone, estradiol checked every year, along right. with a pr- prostate specific antigen free and total.
0: D-H-E-A-S, the S for sulfate, D H E S, very important. And I recommend everybody check your vitamin D3 level because sure, it has so it. much to do mm-hmm. with mood. Oh, I'm and, totally And, 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 cancer. and
1: risk of, of osteoporosis as well as yes. especially intestinal and stomach cancer. Yes. Yeah.
4: yeah well, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm really keen on this, but I confess I haven't had these things done.
0: So yeah. Perfect. About, about time. That's thank you. it. Thank you, Ed. See ya. <laughs> okay. Bye. Yeah, bye. I
1: didn't know we were talking about, like, all lab tests. What do you mean? Well, I thought he was just asking about sex-related lab tests. Yeah. But so that's... don't you think everybody should have a complete blood count and I a metabolic so. panel you and bet. all that stuff? Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we're yeah. on the same page. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, No, we are. Thyroid. <laughs> well, those are running about, you know, 30 or so. Yeah. Um, oh, I have a text message. Uh, thank you very much. Text is um, very interesting since we do want to talk also about the topic of masturbation mm-hmm. and this is uh, let me get it why do i not see it right now <laughs> okay well i uh, i gotta find it here because now all of a sudden it uh, it left me uh, okay here we go uh she uh, the question is i have a question about sex i am in my 60s i have a good libido I'm single. I have the toys that are a huge help to have an organism to have an orgasm. It says organi- not to have an organism. Organi- I hope. <laughs> no, she does. She wrote organism. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I have the toys that are a huge help to have an orgasm, but I can only come to an orgasm every four days. I want more. Is it because of my body or my blood flow? Are there any meds to help me to help my desire to enjoy? More sex. Thank you. I'm really enjoying your show today and every Saturday. Thank you very much.
1: Wow, that's really specific. Every yeah. four days. Yeah. Um. It's interesting that uh, women can have, I would say, typically multiple orgasms um, a day, unlike men who can typically have fewer than that. Not. I mean, there's a wide degree of variation. Yes. True. But one of the I always say one of the detriments to being a woman is you have to go through childbirth. Yes. And one of the things we're rewarded with is that we can have multiple orgasms. orgasms. in one session. <laughs> in That's one nice. session. There you go. So I'm not quite sure, you know, again, is there a physiological issue, whatnot. Um, there is, you know, making sure you're eating well and whatnot, you know, is a given. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes women do well with ginkgo because it increases vasodilation and increases circulation, mm-hmm. as well as the L-arginine, which is, um, an amino acid that also helps with, um, blood flow. Mm-hmm. So it could be an issue, um, there. It could be an issue with, um, anatomy, um, depending on, you know, what type of masturbation is happening. Maybe it, maybe this person needs more variety, um, anatomy, meaning mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm the, you know, different areas of, um, the vaginal area, the clitoris, et cetera, there's a, there's a wide degree of variation in where that tissue is located. Um, and, and that can make a difference to how people achieve orgasm. So experimenting more with that, there is a medicine that, um, is out now that's approved for, um, improving libido in women although you say it's not the libido that's the issue no, she
0: says not the libido yeah she has great libido
1: yeah but so, you
0: bring up some interesting things uh, because uh, she is in her 60s obviously mm-hmm. i think the fact that she is practicing it and mm-hmm. on her own um Keeps the tissue stimulated, which I think is really helpful. It's really great, but Mm -hmm. yeah, and uh, you know, unless she were to give more detail, um, yeah, uh, I—is it my body or my blood flow are there any meds to help my desire and just my desire to enjoy more sex?
1: So I guess I'm a little confused because she she
0: has the desire, but she wants to enjoy it more because she Mm -hmm. only does it every she only gets one every four days. So mm. she wonders if it is a physiological issue like you mentioned mm-hmm. or if she feels is it a blood flow issue. Mm-hmm. Because if you like to stimulate blood flow to the clitoris, for example, or to uh-huh. the, you know, that if the blood flow is not there, is that the reason why she cannot get an orgasm?
1: Right. Mm. Or is it that there's just variety that's required? That's that, so it could too. be several things, and so it's hard to answer the question. Yeah. But mm-hmm. well, it's
0: a good question.
1: It's a great it's question. It's a very
0: honest question.
1: Mm-hmm
0: all right well i appreciate that Uh, we are gonna hit the last half hour stay tuned we're going to be right back it is on the mind of many many people i would say almost most people i don't know of many people who don't adults for sure but teenagers Mm -hmm. also who don't think about it and Mm. and so it is great topic to talk about Mm -hmm. it's very important for our overall health And I really appreciate all the things that you have said. I appreciate the callers. And I do hope that uh, you're all learning something. Definitely a uh, a lot of information that we need to discuss. Now, we we, we started talking about masturbation. And then Mm -hmm. we had some several calls. Is there something that you would like to explain to people why it could be so important?
1: Masturbation is important. um, Well, just as as sex is important, it can do some of the same things. If you don't have a partner, um, you know, certainly it can help your blood pressure and prevent prostate cancer and help your immune system, as we were discussing at the beginning. Um, I often prescribe masturbation, especially for my female patients, because they have some issue with tissue atrophy and whatnot. And we also use, you know, topical preparations of estrogen and whatnot. But but masturbations are really um it can be a really important piece to maintaining tissue health. Um even without a partner, you can mm-hmm. you can do this. So, um, you know, and the thing about masturbation, which I know there's a, a gonna be a ton of feedback about that probably. <laughs> yeah. yeah. As I'm gathering from your callers. But um, you know, masturbations something that is is natural. There are lots of, um, animals that masturbate, um, primates, obviously, but also elephants. Um, I'm looking at a list now, walrus, rodents masturbate, bats. Did you know that?
0: (laughs) Well, they got, they got big, they got strong wings. (laughs)
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um, and so what that says to me as, you know, a, a science person is, there, there's something that's normal and natural and physiological and biological about masturbation. And, um, I think it's important when we're talking about sex, we're not always talking about male, female, penis and vagina intercourse. There right. are lots of different forms of sex. Um, certainly, you know, lots of, you know, homosexuality is just as valid as heterosexuality, in my opinion. And, um, just because you don't have a partner doesn't mean you can't enjoy the benefits of sex through masturbation. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's, uh, it's very interesting. Well, and you mentioned in the first hour that for men, if they don't, it, it, they study show that if men ejaculate,
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: 20 plus times a month, a month,
1: mm-hmm. a month. <laughs> That, Not a week,
0: <laughs> yeah, a day, no. a
1: day. <laughs> um
0: That it actually shown a reduction in the risk for prostate cancer uh-huh. by about twenty percent. Right now, I it which would, is
1: significant. Well, how know. long was the study? Well, <laughs> and what I'll age have to group did they have? Look. Yeah, be I know, very I know. If yeah. we co- if we come back on the show, I'll have those details. Yeah. <laughs>
0: interesting. All right. Well, uh, then there are of course issues lately. It's so funny, of oh, so funny, so interesting that I've been seeing. You know, we've seen so many um, advertisements for Cialis and Viagra. Mm. And now there's Viagra for women. Big money
1: makers. It is. But
0: then there is also something, uh, uh, Pironis disease. Mm -hmm. Pironi? Pironi? Pironis. Pironis. P-E-Y-R-O-N-I-E. And lately, I've seen like three or four commercials of that already on TV in the last Mm. four days. And so I thought that was really interesting. Explain what that is.
1: Peyronie's disease um, is uh, scarring on the penis that causes extra curvature that can be quite severe in some cases. Um, and what happens is with that curvature, it can really hurt when a man gets an erection, or sex itself can be painful. Hmm. Um and and sometimes you know there can be some self-consciousness and embarrassment about that too um so different reasons that this happens um sometimes accidents you know injury um but well, it could
0: be very uncomfortable for the woman as well
1: it could be uncomfortable yeah. for the woman um i don't hear that quite as much huh surprisingly hmm. um you know i mean honestly the the vaginal walls are pretty flexible. Pliable and flexible. Sure, sure. Um,
0: But there's really only so much room, right? Right.
1: <laughs> I, suppose, I, <laughs> I suppose it depends on which way it's curved sure. and which position True. you're yeah. in. yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's I think it's mostly, as far as I've had experience with clinically, it's mostly a, an issue for the man, not the woman. Okay. Hmm. Um, there is, you know, as we were talking about masturbation, Sometimes there's not a known injury or reason, and people theorize that it can be caused from just vigorous masturbation, especially if it's always the same way and the same direction. Okay. Um, I don't know what the current uh, research is on that. If how valid that mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. Um, it may be something that you know there can be more subtle injury. Mm-hmm. Um. And just over time, this happens. Yes. Sometimes there can actually be scar tissue under the skin. Oh. Um, and you can, you know, you can feel it. Um, and sometimes because of that, you know, surgery is an option for some men. Mm-hmm. Um, there also it is an option. It is an option for okay. peronies. So they
0: remove the scar tissue. Yeah, I, I but basically it could also be they a they release
1: bone. the the tissue. So what happens is if you have scarring it pulls your tissue a certain direction. So sure. if they can release that tension, it it helps with the pain.
0: But I've also mm-hmm. heard of men who've broken their penis. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That could be, would that then cause Peroni's disease? Potentially. Could Potentially.
1: Yeah.
0: Now you say in one of your comments, it says um, it says it could go away. Mm-hmm.
2: Curvature Sometimes just might gradually
0: worsen, yes. Yeah. And they say mm-hmm. at some point it, it typically stabilizes. Mm-hmm. Is it... Is it possible to actually go away on its own? Probably not.
1: Probably not. But it can certainly stop getting worse. Yes. Um, and the interesting, the pain seems to go away even if the curvature doesn't resolve with mm. time. Mm. Um, you know that doesn't. Mean that you shouldn't treat it because in severe cases, you know, it can be very helpful to treat it surgically. There are also topical preparations that help break up collagen that people have used. Mm -hmm. Um, and this is a specialist area. You know, I would send somebody to a urologist, obviously, for something (laughs) like this. Um, but it does come up, um, in clinical practice because it's interfering with somebody's sex life.
0: Can it affect uh, the penis when it is not erect?
1: Um it doesn't seem to be as much of a problem in that case because the the tension is what's causing the the pain and discomfort. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, but I think quite a lot of men have this issue. And there's a difference I should say too between just having a normal curvature of the penis, you know, yeah. versus Peyronie's disease, yeah. which is interfering with sexual enjoyment. Yes. You know,
0: I agree. What is dyspareunia? <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: dyspareunia? Dyspareunia means pain during intercourse for women. Women.
0: Okay. All right.
1: Um, And that can be caused by normal processes of aging, like we talked about before, with mm-hmm. tissue atrophy, causing vaginal dryness, things like that. Um and, like I said, you know, you can often use topical estriol, topical phytoestrogens, in some cases, the vitamin E, other lubricants you know there's a, there's a lot of um lubricants out there besides the the old fashioned kind that are kind of mm-hmm. sticky and silicone based mm-hmm. um, there's I don't know what's happening in the vaginal lubricant market, but it seems like there's all kinds of Like natural ones and non-silicone based ones that maintain their um, slipperiness a little bit longer than the silicone based ones. Mm.
0: Um, okay, very interesting. There's a,
1: there's a wide variety. Mm. Um, and that can be very helpful too. Um, and like I said before, sometimes I prescribe masturbation for women because it does help activate. It helps. Keep tissue healthy, but also promotes lubrication. Yeah, and promotes an ongoing lubrication mm-hmm. that women need. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: is so- masturbation in is something that is from the last fifty years, or is it always been? I mean, I assume it's always been.
1: I think it's always been. always you been, right? Yeah, yeah no, no, I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah,
0: Again, w- w- when we talked an hour ago, I said I see that there has been a a shift since the sexual revolution of the late 60s, early 70s, whereby women have come up more as a voice, with a voice, Mm. to plant themselves shoulder to shoulder with men and say, we have just as many rights as you do, and it is not Mm -hmm. a male-dominated world only. Uh, we, We started that discussion, and you said too, you can see that there has been a frustration in men Uh, Because of that, uh, Mm. maybe you can elaborate on that a little bit more. Because I think it is, uh, um, as Barbara Walters would say, the American people want to know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, well, if you're talking about (laughs) masturbation in terms of that issue. For example, yes. So I think it's, even though there have certainly been a lot of, especially religious mandates against masturbation, it's been much more acceptable for men to masturbate than women to masturbate um but i doubt that there's ever been you know a a, a time when women didn't masturbate not all mm-hmm. women masturbate mm-hmm. but um i think it's a lot more common than people maybe realize yes um and if you're talking about frustration with um with the imbalance of power yeah um now that power is a little bit more balanced not across the board but i think for many women um, they feel like oh there's so many aspects to this Jacobus. I know but- there is because in a way
0: <laughs> in a way it has for I think for more men, it has also been more pleasurable because women are taking more initiative right They feel it's not that they have to be subjected to men. they can actually take an active role
1: mm-hmm. in
0: in the uh, enticement and in the uh, I, I think that still there is a lot it can of be very fa-
1: positive. yeah, mm-hmm. I still
0: think that in commercials, Women are more exploited for their sexuality oh, or their beauty than in men. So yeah, yeah. Uh, it is sometimes funny how women say, "I want to be equal," etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But uh, meanwhile, we see all these stories come out about, for example, in Hollywood or people in powerful positions mm-hmm. who are simply abusing women uh, to get for women to climb the ladder. Mm-hmm. And it's a um, uh, so obviously sex sells, as we mentioned earlier. Sex can be the tool to, to to get up higher, you know. Mm-hmm. It can. It yeah. can. And that sets a bad precedent for women. But in general, I feel mm-hmm. that women feeling more liberated and feel more, hey, I'll take an active role
2: mm-hmm. in
0: my partners or in the relationship mm-hmm. and how I feel about sex and talk about sex and and participate in it. And so I think it is, in that way, it is actually very positive for both partners.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Definitely, I think that there. If you take it that way, it definitely can enhance um, male-female relationships. Oh. If you take it that some men feel like their the dominance piece has been taken away from them, mm-hmm. you know, I think it can cause problems in relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's all about attitude and communication, and and that's why I think everybody should. You know, get used to talking about it because Mm -hmm. if you don't talk about it, then things come out sideways. Yeah,
0: exactly. Mm -hmm. That's that's a big issue. So, you know, we cannot turn back time. And I think that the developments that have happened are very healthy for the women. Mm
2: -hmm. Um,
0: At the same time, that is still in the commercial industry, it still seems that women are much more exploited Continue yeah. to be exploited for their beauty and for their physical body, mm-hmm. and I think that's wrong. It is what it is. You mm-hmm. know why we don't change that? I don't know. Uh, but I, I, it's I do the bel-
1: tide of evolution, Kovich. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to take some time. It, t- it will take time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Take time. it's interesting. There's, um, I can't remember which philosopher talks about the male gaze that that's such a focus of of our culture in the west Mm -hmm. even women look at other women with that male gaze Um, check them up up and down yeah yeah Mm -hmm. yeah 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 it's very interesting so it's something that's been going on for a long time and it's probably going to take a long time to change
0: gesundheit with jacobus i'm your host jacobus hollowine with me in the studio dr robin thompson naturopathic physician been in bozeman since 2009 she owns trillium clinic at 2415 west main street and uh, you can contact her there at uh, 219-0049 to uh, to get more information maybe set up an appointment with her about some of the issues that you feel in your life Uh, today we are talking about uh, sexual health and the importance of sex what it can do for the body and the mind and the spirit and and just uh, the the body we're talking here about the, the 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 health of our tissue because you don't want to get atrophy as you get older it's really no. difficult you know we there's so many good reasons to keep the hormones Going and balance, and as we age, mm-hmm. to to try to either rejuvenate, help rejuvenate them to a more youthful level, and feel rejuvenated. The skin, mm-hmm. the skin dries up, not just on the inside, also on the outside, mm-hmm. and uh, and and just the feeling, the happiness that it can bring you if mm-hmm. you 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 can find pleasure in it, mm-hmm. in 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 sex. Yeah,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. Cultures that that tend to have more regular sex rate as happier. Mhm. Yeah.
0: Makes makes very and makes makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense. And
1: actually, right. the you know the most happy cultures are cultures where people have sex daily, mm-hmm. which I thought was interesting research. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's what happens when.
1: When people have sex every day,
0: then the the, the, the
1: happiness levels go up yeah. even more. Oh. Yeah. not always always practical for us in the west but but interesting research well let's
0: talk about uh, we have a little bit more time left uh, if people are not calling in let's talk about dysfunctional ejaculation dysfunctional ejaculation
1: sure so there are a few different kinds Um, Pre, what people call pre-ejaculation is probably the most common form of dysfunctional ejaculation Um, this is where Men ejaculate more quickly than they would like. Um, and, and can be an issue in relationship if the other person, um, is left feeling unsatisfied.
0: What can you do about it? Well, is there something that can be done?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think for one thing, just practice. Um, you know, and it's a mind thing, you know, with men, it just takes practice. Practicing during masturbation, I think is helpful. Okay. Um, some men have such severe issues that they can use, um, topical lidocaine, which is a anesthetic. Huh. Um, you know, ideally you would uh, have enough practice and motivation to, um, get past that and have a little bit of mind control, um, without having to resort to topical lidocaine because that's not a, you know, not, Always practical, yeah, yeah, um, or desirable, and can also interfere with your partner's pleasure. So, um, but in severe cases, you know that that may be something that people can try.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, close your eyes doing sex.
1: Close your eyes. Don't look at your partner. Don't get excited by your partner. (laughs) Think about football. (laughs) I don't know. yeah yeah don't
0: think about punting uh, yeah. <laughs> right. sorry right. off the cuff example yeah. maybe not the best <laughs> not the best that's right okay so we have a premature ejaculation which mm-hmm. is something that can be practiced mm-hmm. or um, that you say lidocaine that's so interesting' call mm-hmm. lidocaine but you got to yeah. work on and then there is something called. There's retrograde. some
1: retrograde ejaculation.
0: Oh, interesting! Um,
1: this happens when when a man ejaculates, the semen is forced back up into the bladder. How is
0: that possible?
1: Because semen is it a
0: muscular, a muscular. Uh, yeah, the muscles were backwards
1: or something. Yeah, it's just a spasming. Huh. Um, usually, this happens in men who've had some sort of pelvic surgery. Or they have diabetes, so their, their nerves get confused. Oh, wow. So diabetes causes nerve damage long term.
0: This is diabetes two.
1: This is diabetes one, one, I would say more typically. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Because there is nerve damage that's pretty pronounced in some of these men. Um, and so, you know, it's, I think it's interesting that some of the research has been done using over the counter medicines to help this, like Sudafed and Chlorotrimaton, which are, um cold medicines. Yeah, yeah. So for some reason they seem to help this issue. Some men need surgery, you know, again. Um
0: they need surgery. They
1: can have surgery to help with this issue.
0: Like is it relaxing certain muscles internally or something or what? You know,
1: they? I would have to look more specifically well, at that. Hmm. Um I would say most of the the cases I've seen have been treated with medication. Um oh, interesting but, but I've heard that surgery is an option. Yeah. Too. Hmm. I guess it depends on the cause. Yeah. You know?
0: hmm. Very interesting. I've yeah. never heard of it before. Yeah.
1: Pretty really
0: interesting. Yeah,
1: but it can hurt, you know.
0: Yeah. There are, uh, going through some of the research, I find out there are many ways for people to have safe sex. Uh, Carla earlier was talking about HIV and AIDS. Mm-hmm. Um, one that I thought was, uh, was really interesting is the origami condom. <laughs>
1: The origami condom. The
0: origami yeah. condom. And I thought, man, made out of paper and, uh, but that's not yeah. what it is. Yeah. It is. So I looked it up on YouTube. You can look it up and you yeah, can see Yeah, I'm going to look it
1: up on YouTube too.
0: Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> so there is uh, like a demo two minutes long. And, uh-huh. um, so, but what is that? That must be so, new. You said, what is new on the horizon? I think that was, yeah. that is one's really interesting.
1: Yeah. Um, so origami condom is a female condom and typically, you know in the past female condoms have been kind of difficult to to handle and manage right um but this kind of condom that's new and origami is the trade name of it um uh it's copyrighted or whatever yeah, registered trade registered trade um, right. so this condom you insert and it unfolds once it's inside Correct. and it also has um a lubricant already on it
0: it kind but, of looks like an accordion yeah, the, the way it is, and then the outside, the top that stays outside the vagina mm-hmm. is kind of pretty flat, and it is made in a way that even with uh, regular intercourse, it will not slide in or out. Mm-hmm. It stays. It stays right, in place. Stays it's very safe. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Interesting.
0: Yeah, and you can. It shows you different ways to insert it because it seems a little bit more complicated because of the size. But uh, it comes with a stick, believe it or not. Some stick Mm. with a rounded top and you can insert it. So, very interesting. Well, I can't believe we're at the end of the hour. Uh, (laughs) Amazing. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being here today.
1: Well, thank you for having me. yeah,
0: absolutely. And folks, uh, thank you so all very much for listening. This was a uh, a very interesting show of something very new. And uh, Dr. Robin Thompson, my guest today, Trillium Clinic is the number two one nine zero zero four nine is her number. We're going to be over the air, and we'll see you next week Saturday again. Have a good weekend.